Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 306. And away we go. Break your dead shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my car. I'm a more breaker. Break a plan, it's a boy. About to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 306 of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Mike Putty, joined once again, the man himself, Vacant. Vacant, what's going on, The buddy? summer of Vacant continues. I know, right? I'm back. It was like three times in, what, six weeks? I, it, I'm, it's a world record, you know? I should get a Guinness World Record for, you know, most times in a shot of wrestling during the summer. So I'm saying, I'm here on a historic night. I think it's uncontested. I think you own that no problem. Right. Let's let's keep it going though. Let's let's continue making magic. You know. Let's see how long this goes. I mean, while we still can, because uh, I don't get too much into it. But you're vacating Queens. Yeah, I still got like a couple of weeks. Okay, so we can keep this going if we really wanted to. So like, uh, while we still can, right? While we still can, but you know, there's, there's always thank you, thank you. There's there's always there's always the good old uh, you know Zoom or Skype or whatever you want to call it. Add your long list of the names of people who abandoned this to go to Bumblefuck Long Island. It's a nice little corner of Bumblefuck Long Island. I'm not saying it's not. It's just yeah. like, it's, <laughs> I'm just like I can take like I eight highways to get down to Long Island. I'm like, oh yeah, and it, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. But I, I, what I'm looking forward to is the uh, peace and quiet of not hearing mm-hmm. sirens and oh, airplanes true. and stuff like that. I was bored last weekend because I couldn't do the show last weekend because some stuff's coming up. But I had Saturday night. I was free. I was mm-hmm. kind of bored. And for some weird reason, I love staying home. I didn't want to stay home. I wanted to go out and do something. Right. Your stepson was in Chicago, Zia. And it was like. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Who else do I turn to? Everybody else is in Long Island. I don't feel like fucking driving to Long Island. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, fuck this. But congratulations. Thank you. Thank That's you. a lucky. Maybe we'll do the show on the road one day. We, sh- we should. Well, yeah. I got a lot of space, too. Good. So, like, y'all want to do an on-location thing. My house is open. Casa de Vacant. So I think it was two weeks ago. Let's pull the curtain back a little bit. Two weeks ago, my guest host canceled on me. Mm-hmm. Someone came up. Not a negative Ooh. thing. So I reached out to you because you're right here. Right. You tell me you can't make it. You're not even in Queens. You're out. Long. Right. But I'm free the next two weeks. I'm like, all right, it's good to know. Appreciate you. Let me know ahead of time. Last week, I didn't do a show. So I'm to text you Thursday if I forgot. So this Friday morning, I text you. I'm like, you're still free? Mm-hmm. Didn't hear back from you. Continue not to hear back from you. So I'm thinking, okay. Is there anybody else I can ask? Then all of a sudden, I sit at my desk and my phone lights up from Bleacher Report. Vince McMahon retires. Holy shit. And then that you, then you text me back, fuck yeah, I'm in. <laughs> like, this That's was, what I found out, yeah. So this wasn't planned. No. But like, what a great show for you to be here. Right? <laughs> no, you know what it was? Like, I got your message and I, I, was, I was working from home today. So I was like, I'll answer him back. <laughs> but I, I got distracted, whatever. Then I got the news from one of our friends. It was like, you know, apparently Vince stepped down. I went on Twitter, saw Vince's uh, tweet. I thought it was BS. Me too. Right? And then screenshot it, and that's when I texted you. I'm like, yeah. you're fucking right. I'm down. Yeah. Like, we're doing this tonight. 
because I, I, w- I was meaning to text you back, like, yeah, I'm coming, mm-hmm. but I wasn't expecting anything. No. Like, I, I thought we were going to talk about regular wrestling crap. Get ready for BCW, get ready for SummerSlam. SummerSlam, yeah. But it happened, man. Yeah. You know, the, the unexpected it's just like happened. Like, this is the, probably the biggest news story since this show started. Right. And here you are, just having coincidence. So every time, every now and then, like, somebody passes away or, like, there's some big news topic. Right. On the back of my mind, I'll be, I'll be like, all right, what am I going to do for this show? What am I going to do for this show? What am I going to do for the show? For some reason, randomly, I would be like, all right, what the fuck are we going to do when Vince dies? <laughs> yeah. Because he's the fucking, we're, we're here because of him. No matter what, you're a fan of him or not, but he made what we watch today. Right. Just like whatever company you watch. It's like, what are we going to, how can we tribute Vince McMahon when he passes away? I never once questioned what are we going to do when he retires. That wasn't even a thought in my mind. Vince in retirement just didn't go no. together. Yeah. It reminds me of that Ric Flair promo. I will never retire. Right. And here we are. Vince McMahon retires. So, there's a lot of thoughts going through my head about this. I didn't know how to verbalize it. Mm-hmm. This is some guy I've known my whole life. I mean, we're here because of him. Right. Like I just said, if not, I'll be asleep right now. Right. It's just, uh, it's just mind-boggling. So, we're going to do. We're going to take a couple minutes to really think about what happened. While we do that, my former co-host has interviewed but the current reigning, defending BCW champion, Marina Shafir, who will put her title on the line next week, BCW's fifth anniversary, against Casey Catal. So let's hear what she has to say. Former co-host, take it away. What is up, everyone? It is me, your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwann, for a very special edition of Hollywood's Corner. Guys, This is not just one interview. No, 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 no. I am doing two in one show. And my first guest, we're going to kick it off with, I have to say, she is a little bit of a problem. She is the BCW World Heavyweight Champion. And you may recognize her from a promotion called AEW. Give it up for Marina Shafir. Ah. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. You're all worthy of a problem. That's, yeah. <laughs> so how's it going, champ? Last time we spoke, man, uh, me and you both, I mean, it was, I feel like we we're different worlds. You were contending for a championship. I did not have a baby, and we have two different things going on here. I'm a champion of a dad. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, so much can change. It should matter a couple of months. But talk to me. Like, that event, Queen of the North 3 at BCW, uh, it wasn't just you becoming a new champion, uh, you know, we had herstory, yeah. if you will, you know, uh, tag, new tag team champions, new women's champion, new world heavyweight champion, all women. To my knowledge, I think that's the first time a promotion has like all their main championships being women. What did that mean for you? What was it like winning? I believe what was your first championship? My first championship uh, in professional wrestling. And uh, what was it like for me? Very interesting. I came in prepared, so it was it was a little bit like I came in prepared and I did what I thought I could do. It was more of like what's not what's gonna happen from here on out. It was really I proved a lot to myself. I proved rights and wrongs to a lot of people, especially my opponent that night. And um I wanna sit here and tell you like, oh my god, it was so great and wonderful and uh fantastic and lovely and I can't wait to do it again but uh, I'm not I'm not gonna have to fight for that championship ever again 
I don't ever want to have to do that again. It is yours. It belongs to you. You're you're now the reigning champion. You're the face of the company now. Uh, so like now, big target on your back there. I guess so. I mean, there's been a target on my back for a long time. Mm. There's been a, lo- a target on my back for a long time and for a lot of reasons. Fucking, what do they call you? Uh, I was a coattail rider, right? What do you got to say now? Like, and what? now you're the man. I'm, I am the man. I am the man. I am the woman. I am the man. I am your daddy. I am your mommy. I'm <laughs> like, that is just my life. My son will tell you. Oh, I'm sure he will. Well, so yeah, I mean, talk to me about that. Cause I remember after you went back home, you know, sharing the championship, uh, you know, with your son, your son was holding the championship there. Uh, what was that like there back home? I mean, this, the sense from your well, child. I- relinquished the championship to him once I got home he pinned <laughs> me and his father for that championship he was very proud he he got um I haven't I actually haven't shown him that match yet really I have not yeah really because uh he sees me grapple a lot he sees me grapple bigger older stronger people men and women and he sees me give my 100% effort all the time I there's it's a little bit undescribable I just I have like a a flame I feel like I try to put out myself and I think it might help people understand what the problem is about like it's not about solving me it's not about beating me it's not about that what makes me the problem is the fact that I'm trying to find peace and I'm trying to simmer down this flame that I got and ease the pain that I have inside of me that I've carried for a really long time. And now I have a way of making art, I guess you should say. (laughs) Art through violence. Art through violence. And you know what? Only few people understand that truly. And that's where this type of a thing becomes exclusive and it becomes kind of like a, a club to people who really understand that. But as far as my son, like, I didn't show him the match yet because becoming a champion, as they say, and it has been told to me for years, is a lot easier than staying a champion. And um, until I defend it, he's not going to see that match. Mm. Wow. Okay. No, I mean, like, you know, I feel like that sentiment's been shared around a lot lately. I I think your own very good friend has recently said that on WWE that, that same exact wording. It, it, I guess it is, it is different. Um, you know, you've gone f- for championships since then in AEW with Thunder Rosa, Jade Cargill, you know, big, big time matches there. Uh, you know, did you learn anything from, from, uh, from those type of matches in there, you know, from, from their standpoint of being a champion and going into uh, anniversary five of BCW coming in as a champion, defending for the first time? Uh, yeah, I learned a lot about a lot more of like what my problem was. And that is I have a, I have an elevated understanding of losing than your average gap tooth viewer who probably has never put themselves in a position to really lose everything. And I like it. I like living edge fucking love putting it all on the line because 
something happens to me when I win and I can't really describe it in a way that I think a lot of people will understand yet. But winning, winning in general, I feel like makes things worse sometimes. Losing, I guess, normalizes me, right? Normalize. Hmm. There's nothing normal about the problem, I would say. But I would say in any loss, there's a learning lesson to be found. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's what people don't understand about me is that I don't sit and stew anymore on losing. I've never, not, I've never. I dedicated a a few years of my life to feeling sorry for myself and being a victim and not understanding the steps that you need to take in order to elevate yourself and take your head to the next level. Allow yourself to win when it matters. Because in training, I was, I was like a fucking Terminator. I just, I was really strong. I had, I was stubborn in all the right places. Um, I was playful. I was daring. I took chances and, um, I didn't fucking care about losing in practice. That's what made me dangerous. But there was a disconnect for when I, uh, had to perform at that next level. And that is something I didn't realize that losing makes you face. And the more you put yourself on the line in order to figure out how to win. And the more I realized, you know, I really want to win, but it's a double-edged sword. People don't know my history. People don't know how I was raised. My parents were, what morals they drilled into my head. And some of the interesting techniques that, you know, my dad taught me how to process certain things. And that's, that's not, none of that matters for when I like get in there and actually get to do my shit. Mm. Doesn't matter. None of it matters because there's something inside of me that I just can't fucking turn off. Unlike normal people. I, I can't turn off putting myself on the line and just risking it all. I did. I, I, that's a whole other arena. And I, it's hard to explain. All I got to say is I'm not afraid of losing. And I, I like losing, but I will fight like a motherfucker and you have to do everything. And it's not as easy as I say it is. And it's not going to be as easy as you think it is. I love making people understand that they're going to have a hard time swimming in deep waters. And that's just, that's what makes me the problem. It's a whole bunch of fucking shit. It seems like if, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like, you know, you're, you're happy to be the champion. You're happy to win the belt. But it seems like you still have, like, a challenger mentality. Oh, Am I wrong saying that? No, not at all. I'm very happy to be – I love being in positions that I've never been in, and that's an obsession of losing. You know, like, you go to jujitsu and you get tapped out 50 times, maybe 50 times the same way or 50 times different ways or whatever. But, like – that anticipation, you start carving that muscle to anticipate certain things. And I love being in a new position where I'd be open-minded and anticipate everything and all of it. I'm not afraid of anyone. I wasn't built that way. I wasn't conditioned to be that person. I've worked really fucking hard to be unapproachable. And maybe I'm not doing my job very well. People aren't really understanding that. Like when my violins play, the marina you saw before and the marina that you talked to before those 
violins played is not the same person. It's never going to be that same person. And that's not for me to accept. I've accepted that a long time ago. It's how everybody else is going to digest it. And being a champion now is that's what makes it a little bit more interesting. You know, you have, um, dare I say, like basically a, I think a hardcore mindset. Uh, you know, basically the, the way how you approach training and basically how you approach your matches, it, it seems like pretty much how you approach life in general. Uh, you know, speaking of hardcore, you know, come July 30th, BCW anniversary five, your opponent, your first challenger for the BCW World Heavyweight Championship is Casey Catal, someone who lives in that hardcore world. Very contrasting styles, if you will, but you know, how, how would you approach something like this? Same way I approach everyone else, you know. I I just don't underestimate anyone because then that is a reflection of myself. Hmm. You know, I've underestimated myself enough time in my life where where I thought where I was being open-minded but I was actually really scared and I'm not I don't I understand what that mindset was and that was that's years past now. I'm very excited about this matchup because I need her to bring that hardcore style. I need her to. I wonder if it brings something else out of me. She's not taking my championship. That's for damn sure. Like, I'm not a spoiler. It's just how it is. But I want to see if she can pull something else out of me. Maybe she can teach me something else that I don't know about the problem. I hope she does. I think I'll be offended if she doesn't. Ooh, all right, all right. You've never been in a hardcore match. That's my knowledge of following your career. Have you? I mean, as far as light bulbs and fucking <laughs> pencils to gouge and... What is it? What else? The barbed wire bats and fucking sickles and shit like that. No, I've never done that. But am I capable of it? Absolutely. Have I always wanted to do one? Yes. Has my husband told me that I don't ever need to do one? Sure. But I want to try everything in wrestling. Is that the match that's going to be? I mean, is it going to be a hardcore match? Like, that that hasn't been announced at all. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what she brings to the table. Like, we'll see what she brings to the table, and if there's anything that can um, pull a little bit more magic out of me. Would you say that, depending on the, t- the type of match it is, whether it's uh, no holds barred or a one false match, do you think that plays more of like a home field advantage to the type of match that's going to be for who? Like, you know, for <laughs> say, you know, say it's hardcore match. You know, she that that's you would think that she. Because she has more experience in a hardcore match, right? Or, or you know, but vice versa. Like, isn't fighting like pretty hardcore? I, I would say that. I, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I'm just going off of the betting odds here. I, I'm just wondering. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is maybe she needs to bring that in order to actually have something to offer for me. Mm. Mm. Well, I am personally looking forward to this match because, yes, I mean, it is two contrasting styles on the surface but you know if you look at the insides here of the inner workings of like who you are and who she is very much the same type of personas going at it head to head for this banger main event i am thrilled for it i know the fans are uh marina shafir do you have any last words for your opponent make me a hardcore problem i challenge you to i challenge you to come to this match with a mindset of you you want and you have to do literally anything to become a champion i need that i need that from you if i don't if i don't feel like i'm getting it from you then it's over that's just it like if there isn't a moment in there that you don't even try to make me take you serious it's over it's 
over. Mm. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Marina Shafir, the problem. Thank you for taking time, coming back on the show here. I uh, look forward to possibly having you again down the road, hopefully still as yeah. BCW World Heavyweight Champ, maybe adding some more gold around that waist. Yeah, unless, you know, other parties don't get involved. Ooh, right. Ooh. are we talking about Darius Carter? Did he bring his babysitter? I need to know. Because I have a baby RO. I could bring. It will be helpful, you know? From my understanding, Darius Carter will be in the building. Uh, he does have a match that night. My eyes and ears will be open for all things. Does that play a factor going to this match? I, I feel like I have to ask before we go. He's a sneaky little fucking shit. Did you see his upper lip? That fucking... He's just one of those people who loves to be sneaky and underhanded and all that shit. Great. Great. If he wants to... Uh, put his nose in other people's business. I hope it's not mine. I guess I'm going to have to teach him a lesson all over again, which is fine. Well, considering my history with Darius Carter, he did put his hands on me before. It gave me a concussion. I was thrilled to see you tap him out. I, I hope he tries to interfere again. You know, make, teach him a lesson. He deserves it. Okay. Listen, everybody needs to take a nap when they get cranky. That's just what I do. <laughs> Great line. Marina Shafir, thank you again. Much love to you and best of luck. Come July 30th at BCW Anniversary 5. Thank you to The Problem for coming back to the show, despite talking to my former co-host. Great interview. Thank you for your insight. Looking forward to your match against Casey at BCW's 5th anniversary, July 30th, Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. I believe limited tickets are still available. BCW always puts on a good show, but the up the ante always on their anniversary. So definitely want to check the show out. Yes. BCW, I've been to their shows. Great entertainment and great value for your wallet. So, yeah, I say you should actually entertain yourself by buying tickets and supporting them. But again, like it's amazing how Marine Shafir is not the women's champion. She's a world champion. Blonde Force Trauma are not the women's tag team champions. Mm-hmm. They are the tag team champions. BCW's motto or like business statement: mm-hmm. We don't care about your gender. If you're if you're the best, we're going to give you opportunity. Marina Shafir against Casey Catal, January 30th, anniversary 5. Definitely don't want to miss that. But uh, Vacant, we mentioned it earlier tonight. Uh, Magic Man's gone. It's still not sinking into me, man. It, it, and I, I said this you know, before we, we started recording. It's To me, it's still surreal. And, and having watched SmackDown, it just felt like... Can I paraphrase a famous quote? Yeah. It's not real to me, damn it. It's, yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Vince McMahon... Shocked the world by tweeting out at 77, time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe. Then, now, forever, together. I mean, he stepped down as CEO a couple weeks ago for this investigation. Stephanie took over. We all knew Mm -hmm. this is going to go nowhere. He'll come back. Well, we were mistaken. He announced his retirement, released a full-on statement. You probably read it by now, but I'll read part of it. Our global audience take comfort in knowing W will continue to entertain you with the same fervor, dedication, and passion as always. I am extremely confident in the continued success of WWE, and I leave our company in the capable hands of an extraordinary group of superstars, employees, and executives, in particularly both chairwoman and CEO Stephanie and co-CEO Nick Khan. As the majority shareholder, I will continue to support WWE in any way I can. My personal thanks to our community, business partners, shareholders, and board of directors for their guidance, support through these years, then, now, forever, together. 
Throughout the years, it's been a privilege to help WB bring you joy, inspire you, thrill you, surprise you, and always entertain you. I'd like to thank my family for mightily contributing to our success. I would also like to thank all of our past and present superstars and employees for their dedication, passion for our brand. Most importantly, I would like to thank our fans, you're welcome, for allowing us to enter your homes every week and being your choice of entertainment. I hold the deepest appreciation and admiration for your generations of fans over the world who have liked, currently like, and sometimes even loathe our form of sports entertainment. Feeding for followers at Fiend for followers. I never thought I'd say the day Vince McMahon retired from WWE. This is fucking nuts. <laughs> Again, I mentioned that earlier. I never thought I, I, I thought he would. I mentioned to the er- point, yeah. I mentioned it earlier. I never thought he would retire. Like I told you, I, I was telling my wife that it's sad in a sense that, like, you wanted Vince to kind of, like, croak in the ring. You know, like, have, like, one last match. I think he did, too. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's probably his dream. Like, something like that. Like, he, he goes into cardiac arrest while wrestling or something. Or, or whatever. As a fan, you know, it's a sad day because this is the guy that brought entertaining moments every Monday night for people who are fans like you and me. Mm-hmm. You know... Whether you grew up in the 80s, uh, watched stuff during the, uh, the New Generation, Attitude Era, like me, Ruthless Aggression, and et cetera, et cetera. You know, he was there. He was always around. You knew that this this is what he was, what was coming out of his head. Yep. And now, it's bittersweet that he left not on his own terms, but because there was this distraction in the allegations against him. So, as a fan, I can't help but being sad about it. And I know that there's people on Twitter right now that are like, oh, oh, you can't say thank you, Vince McMahon, because he allegedly did whatever. That's fine. He allegedly did something. But at the end of the day, you still watch his stuff. You still watch his programming. So I'm not I'm not trying to downplay what probably happened. You know, that kind of behavior is unacceptable. I said that on Twitter. But at the end of the day, this is a guy that gave me Steve Austin. This is a guy that gave you Razor Ramon, gave you the Million Dollar Man. You know, he gave me Rock versus Austin. So he gave everyone John Cena. So you don't want it to end, but you knew this was coming. This is just not the way that we wanted it. So you should be thankful for what he gave you while at the same time taking very seriously what might have happened and what he might have done, which we can all agree is wrong if he actually did it. You know, do you know something I don't? I don't know. Because from what I've heard, it was just hush money mm-hmm. for affairs with consulting adults. Like, his name never came up during the Me Too movement. Because mm-hmm. from what we know, he never, there was no forcible things. There was no assault. There was no aggression. It was just consensual relationships between people. Mm-hmm. Employees that could look bad, bad optics for him. It's bad optics. Everyone knows he was married to Linda at the time. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want that to getting out. He's a, he's a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. As far as, as far as I knew, they were still married. Don't talk about it. Yeah. And I'm sure this is not a unique thing. I'm sure billionaires all over the world are doing this. As, right. long, as, as long as it's consensual, mm-hmm. okay. Right. I don't see a problem here. It's a hobby. Yeah. No, that's fucking great. Yeah. No, it's a hobby. No, it's true. No, listen, the, pre- the former president of the United States did it. Yeah. And I'm again, I'm not trying to like say, hey, this is okay. It happened. Yeah. Right? They wanted to protect their brand, their reputation, whatever, and, and they did what they thought was the easy way out. Let me give you money because I have it. 
you know, and I don't see easy way out. Fine. Like, I don't want you going to the press about this. No, no, it, no right. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like that's it. From what I I'm getting, right? Every single billionaire that has done this or allegedly done this, allegedly, yeah. that, you know, that's the way out. Yeah, let me give you money so you, so everything's easy peasy, you know. So just mention from what we have on Earth so far, everything's been consensual. Right. right. From what we've gathered, at least. It's yeah. just an adult, two adults right. who worked together. Right. He has one getting it out because it mm. looks bad on him, not her. It looks bad on him. Right. Just don't talk about it. But I wonder why now? We've heard the hush money allegations. There's several more that came out. Mm-hmm. Are there more that aren't just consensual relationships? It, but with, every, with every case or every allegation like this, yeah. there's always bound to be more. There's always that, 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 I don't know if you're a fan of the original Planet of the Apes movie. No, but okay. There was a scene where they found, they were trying to find, you know, signs of life. They found a plant growing in the middle of the desert. And the quote that they said was, there's life here. And when there's one, there's another. And if there's another, there's mm-hmm. another, and another, and another. So, great movie for quotes, by the way. Oh, is it? Okay. So, in that case, there's, in this case, you can apply that to now into any situation. Where a person's at a behavior, you know, the way he treats other people, you know, someone would be like, you know, yeah, he did something to me, the mm-hmm. first person, right? And then the second person feels empowered because of that yes. first person. Hey, happened to me too. And then everyone starts coming out like whack-a-mole. Yeah, if they're, if they're brave enough to come forward, let me... Yeah, right. Yeah. They feel empowered and, and, and more power to do. It's not negative on them. You know, yeah. It's not negative on them. You know, you do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Personally... I feel like if you feel abused and whatever, you shouldn't feel like powerless. You should report it and do what you need to do. In this case, I mean, there might be other people at this point. That's it has to be more to this because Vince Man is not just going to retire because Vince Man is never going to retire. I mean, you could, <laughs> I feel like there's more stuff that the board found or the third party lawyer, mm-hmm. lawyer law firm found right that isn't consensual. That isn't like when this news broke. Uh, when Vince, the news, these allegations came out a couple weeks ago, there was a story that came out from the 80s about how a female referee claimed that he raped her. Right. I'm like, okay, that's fucked up. Yeah. So I'm assuming there's more, like, stuff like that, and Vince's lawyers and people and the PR said, listen, just end this all. And it's yeah, at, at the end of the day, it becomes a PR distraction. Yeah. WWE is not what it was. Yeah, there's a legend. We're not, we're not, we don't know anything. Yeah, but. no. not we're, Again... You and I are just people who have read the story, and we're also stakeholders in WWE, yeah. by the way, of fans. Yep. Right? So that's us. In in our couple of weeks of this happening, we've been talking more about, like, wow, Vince McMahon's a pervert yeah. versus the product itself versus what they're trying to give us. You know, it's become a distraction. On top of that, every time Vince McMahon came out to the ring after the allegations first surfaced. Both, of the t- both times. Yeah, both times. Like, you thought of it like, oh, Vince is just being a, you know, he don't, he don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it, it's so surreal to me. And like, I'm yeah. still trying to get a grasp of this. Again, I hope yeah, this is real, that he just wants to retire and not there is some serious fucking shit that they unearth. It just, it just something, something, somebody found something we're not supposed to know. And he's like, let me just do the best, what's best for business. Yeah, and they, 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 or the, the investigation just showed that it wasn't going his way, and you know, someone would, maybe a lawyer or something was like, "Hey, listen, you got 
X avenues for you to come out squeaky clean. But the only one that makes you look really squeaky clean is you got to, for the sake of the company, you got to go. If he would have stayed longer, it would have been a bigger distraction. Vince McMahon bought the company from his father in 19, what, 82? Mm-hmm. Built it to this global phenomenon, destroyed the territories. Mm-hmm. He's the dad of wrestling. He micromanaged everything, though. He wasn't just in charge of creative. He was in charge of lighting, contracts, creative characters, what they looked like, what they sounded like, what they, their match style was, what their finishes were. He was he micromanaged everything. Mr. McMahon ingrained in the heart of WWE. What is WWE going to be look like without him? There's been a lot of people who, WWE haters, this man is out of touch. This man is senile. We want him gone. Now that they got their wish, mm. is this a good thing? Are we, like, who's in charge of creative now? The writers aren't changing. I mean, the guy who was the last stop is gone. Could this potentially be a good thing for the company? The easy answer to that is yes. Okay. Right? Me? I don't know. Why? Because just because the head honcho left doesn't mean that you're not going to continue, at least for the foreseeable future or, like, short term what the leader might have done. You're still going to try to deliver what Vince tried to deliver. Now, if down the road, does this mean, will WWE be more open to working with other companies? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be more uh, edgier? Are they going to, are, are their storylines going to be more captivating? I don't know. I know a lot of people on Twitter are like, I'm very hopeful. And, you know, the guy is gone. And this is what we wish for. You know, the guy who was giving us these awful like booking bookings from of wrestlers is like out of the picture now Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean the problem is gone you still have the same writers there right now some of them might still by throwing might be throwing out bad ideas and then throwing shit against the wall you don't know that you don't know who's who's filtering this out now no is there some is there going to be like a vince russo there now that's going to be like that's a great idea and it ends up being horrible you don't know that so Am I hopeful as a fan that, like, I'm going to gravitate back to WWE? I hope so. I am a fan of WWE. I watched it tonight. You know, I, I, I'm I'm a fan of pro wrestling in general. I am going to watch WWE from time to time. Just because I hated the booking doesn't mean I don't like the wrestlers or what they do or what they attempt to do. So I think as fans, we need to be able to support what they're trying to do for us. If we truly invest in like people like Theory... People like, you know, Seth Rollins, yada, yada, yada. So I I want to be positive, but I don't want to be that guy that's just like, yeah, the best is yet to come, you know? We'll see what happens. It's a slow process, short term and then in the long term. Speaking of the process, it was also announced before this announcement, they made another huge announcement. WWE has announced that effective immediately, Paul Triple H Levesque will resume his executive position as EVP of Talent Relations. Saying, and I quote, I look forward to returning to my prior position as head of talent relations. I'm healthy, fired up, and ready to take charge. Scott Fishman at SM Fishman. Triple H overseeing talent relations again is such a good move. He has a way of he has a way with them. Did you just inhale a vape? I thought I heard something. What's my spot? He has a way with them. Someone known for mending fences even brought Bruno Sammartino back into the WWE fold for the Hall of Fame. Vincent Man leaving might not be a good thing, but Triple H coming back, that definitely helps fill that gap. It It's good news. Um, I think someone who has been uh, in that world, you know, been involved with booking, been a wrestler, 
is the best way for you to relate to future wrestlers or people that are coming in, taking spots in NXT and whatever. Now, again, this is also the same thing. Like, there were people on Twitter, oh, NXT Black and Gold is coming back, and the old NXT might be back. You don't know that. But I feel that in terms of an approachable person that the talent can go to, and like, hey, you know, I want this to happen to my character, or like, I don't feel like I'm getting a good opportunity. Can you give me an opportunity? You know, I think it's more approachable. I think it could benefit the talent a lot, short-term, long-term. But, again, we, ha- we have to be careful as fans to assume that, like, the old days of NXT are coming back. The old days of NXT are not going to come back. The last, what, two years, three years? Mm-hmm. Massive cuts. Not just of nobody's, but big names. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan's took the blame for it. Nick Khan. Cut. Nick Khan. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I was doing all the time. Wrong Khan. Yeah. <laughs> he takes the blame for it for budget cuts. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like him because he's not a wrestling person. He comes from a different world. Mm-hmm. Now he's co-CEO. Well, Triple H is in charge of talent relations. He knows talent. Do you think we'll get another round of these surprising budget cuts, big names getting released? Or is talent more, should talent feel safer or should talent feel more on edge now because all Triple H is in charge of them. Nick Khan's now the boss of all bosses. I, at this point, you might think like, you know, earlier today we were talking about Brock and how allegedly he bounced from yeah. today's SmackDown taping. A friend of mine told me, Oh, Brock Lesnar left because he was loyal to Vince and he's not going to get his big payday. Yes, that's what I thought too. Right? Eh, I don't think that's true either. Should talent feel safe or fear something? Again, that's up to the climate in WWE. I don't. I think the talent should still work hard like they're going to be there the next day. They shouldn't fear anything. Anybody's job can be taken away at any time. That true. includes people like you and me. Yeah. You know? It's also a tough question. I mean, are there going to be another round of cuts? I don't think so, like, right now. I think, like, next year we might see something like that happening. Mm-hmm. Hey, if somebody is not working, hey, we're going to cut you off. I do think that WWE was very overloaded with talent that they didn't use. And it, it was probably cutting into their bottom line. And they, it was better to let them go and, you know, try their luck somewhere yeah, else. It's funny because when it happened, we're like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's bloody Thursday where they was. It was always April 15th. But the, I remember. It but was always long, tax day. In the long run, <laughs> yeah. we don't miss them. No. It made sense. I mean, do you miss Braun Strowman? I never did. No, thank you. Like, to me, it's, 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 it's part of, it's part of the, the process here. If you want to create a bigger product, you've got to cut the fat. You know, make it leaner, make it stronger. But if you have talent that you're not using, I'd rather the talent that's not being used work elsewhere and try to make it big somewhere else than in the place where they're just going to be in catering. Why co-CEOs? Why can't Stefan just have the power and Nick Khan remain president? I, again, I think it has to do with uh, Nick Khan's like, business expertise. I think uh, I'm not discrediting uh, the talent that Stephanie McMahon might have. Yeah. But I think it has to do with like Nick Khan, I think, has the business savvy. He's the more approachable business person that other partners might be able to talk to. Okay. While Stephanie is just there, you know, she's she was a former... Uh, chief branding officer, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So, but she has a great relation with partners, sponsors, right? But it was more like community based and something that yeah. could like make the brand like more approachable. Okay. While I think Nick Khan is more in the the financial side, stocks, you know, company bottom line. Yeah, she's a heart. He's a heartless. She's a heart, and he's a corporate guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I you like need a you need a little balance there. Doesn't man Hall of Fame? 
next year. He often said he will never accept it until he dies. I hope that's not true. I mean, give us something. I mean, if if, if Triple H definitely talked sense to him, you know, I I feel like that would be a great hall. Now of that fame. he's gone, yeah, this would be his like, let's come back. Yeah. Do you know the pop that he would get? Oh yeah, like it was great because uh, we always thought Undertaker should be the class by himself. Right? They didn't give us that. If anybody should deserve a class by himself, it's the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that. We had an underclass. However, if you're going to get one man, <laughs> if you're going to do something after SmackDown, yeah, give it to him. Because on Vince McMahon's speech, Undertaker's speech, okay, that would have taken, what, a half hour, maybe an hour? Mm-hmm. However, don't induct anybody else. Have multiple people induct Vince. Mm-hmm. Let me hear from Stone Cold. Let me hear from Hulk Hogan. Let me hear from The Undertaker. Have multiple speeches. Instead of being inductees, have multiple speech department inductors. Yeah, I Vince. can see that. I can see it. He probably won't allow it. But anyway, we're way over time. Vince McMahon, I'm looking forward to... Monday night, his baby, Monday Night Raw, the world's most famous arena, Madison Garden. I will be there. You might be there. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I have, I'm have. i off next week, so I might I might oh, just there, buy like a last minute. There's no ticket. excuse. Yeah, so I have no excuse. I might be there. I don't know. So. so while I try to convince Vacant to join me at MSG Monday, July 25th, if you are going to be there, hit me up at my party. Let us let them meet up sometime. Buy me a drink. Let's hear from the, the longest reigning BCW champion, the all-father, Darius Carter, as he prepares to face our last week's guest interviewee, Reverend Ron Hunt. This should be a good one. Looking forward to this match. Looking forward to this interview. Take it away. As I said, ladies and gentlemen, not just one interview. We got two. And who better have as my next guest? Other than a man we just literally talked about, I'm talking about wrestling's richest prize, the former BCW World Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Darius Carter. Darius, how you doing, my man? Look at me. I mean, look at me. I'm looking <laughs> lovely, divine. How do you think I look? How do you think I feel? Uh, completely unoffended by you trying to throw an early jab with the former because it's the truth, though. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to throw more of uh, of, of like a dig here. It's, it's not about truth. what you're trying to do. It's not about trying to do. It's about what you did, you know. And it, and it is what it is, and that's okay because you can't take 1,227 days away from me as the BCW World Heavyweight Champion, the champion so long that you've basically forgotten who the champions before me. I mean, that's that's how great of a job I did. So I'm not going to be uh, again offended or or, or Bothered and, by a, a sidebar, a little. Guy. I I I, w- I will say so, by, but it's good the, to be here. The the lack the lack of my part was bringing up the number. I should have said like you know the longest reigning BCW World Heavyweight Champion because the only reason I didn't bring up the numbers I often forget how long it was because I just lose track of the days after so many times because you said twelve hundred ninety two days, man, as the reigning champion. You know, granted, yes, so, some that may some people may argue because of COVID, but you still repped the brand. I think that's the part that gets mistaken from some people that critique you about that is that you were still repping the brand during COVID when BCW wasn't running, dude. You were the face of the franchise. So talk to me now, shifting gears to today, though. You know, you are no longer the champion. That is a fact. It's not meant to be a dig. How are you How are you feeling after the loss, man? Because I know you went in with a lot of confidence in that match, as you do every type of match. And, and well, it was surprising yeah. enough, you tapped. 
first, firstly, it's 1227. And I was going to interrupt you, but I, I'm a gentleman and I'm going to let you continue on with your setup. <laughs> no, that's fine. I was going to let you set it up for me so that I could come out uh, into the spotlight onto the center stage. So, uh, yeah, so 1227 days. Okay, firstly. Uh, secondly, listen, Marina, uh, I've never taken anything away from Marina and I'm not going to start now. Uh, it is what it is. I knew the type of challenge I was going into. I had the super eight that I was preparing for a week later. Okay. So I had a lot of things coming up. So I knew that I needed to be at the top of my game, beyond the top of my game. So for Marina, so I, I, there was never a question of that. There was never a question of her ability. So the thing about our styles about uh, that shoot grappling technical uh, catches, catch can type of style is that you can catch somebody in any moment. Uh, you can catch them. You can snag them at any time. You can get a submission very quickly. It doesn't mean that you're the better fighter. It doesn't mean that you're the better wrestler. It means that you had a moment in time where you had your opponent where you needed to. We've seen this happen many times. We've seen this happen in wrestling. We've seen this skill. You have to monitor every second in the ring with her. And that's the type of competitor I am as well. Uh, she She had a moment. That's what it was. She had a moment. I'm not going to take it away from her. I'm not going to belittle her. I'm not going to downplay her accomplishments. She had her moment. This was also a woman that was on WWE. This was a woman that was on the, the it, it was a part of the greatest and the largest professional wrestling uh, uh, promotion that's going today. It's just, it is what it is. So she had the contract there. So if that's what it took to beat me, then that's a statement unto itself. You know, it's not like somebody came up. This wasn't some up and coming person that was new to the game. This was somebody that was seasoned, that had that TV experience, that has that background. So she had her moment. And that's great. Um, I, I want her to relish it. I want her to to celebrate the BCW championship with Roderick Strong, with her kid, taking the photos, putting it up on the wall, you know, I, putting it in the frame and, and onto your desk. I, I love that. I want that because I want her to build this and then I'm going to take it away. And, <laughs> and, and I want her to, uh, and, and, and I want, that's all it is, is. I just want her to know, you know, and I think she does in the back of her head. I think she already understands after she wrestled me. Um, sure. She, she, you know, walked away with the championship, but she knows in the back of her head that I'm coming for her. And I do believe, I do genuinely believe that she knows that I can beat her. I think more than anybody else she's been in the ring with, even to people she's actually lost to, she knows that I uh, serve as the greatest threat to her inside of that ring. And you can ask her that yourself. Uh, so it, it is what it is. Uh, I am going to get my championship back. I am going to take it from her. But I did want her to get close to it. I did want her to have some time to start bonding with it. You know, I want her to build a connection with it because I want it to hurt more when I take it from her. So I just, I just did speak to Marina Shafir for the record. And, you know, she did mention you. She did mention the fact that, you know, that you she are also to be there at BCW Anniversary 5 and that you, uh, you guys will be in the same building, that her head is going to be on a swivel. She knows that you're like, you know, you want that championship. You know, you've had it for over 1,200 days and counting. It's not something you just let up so easy. Now, I, I got to say, you know, your answer was spot on as always, Darius. But, you know, I, I would be ill remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that, you know, I was also there at the building that day when uh, that match happened. Fantastic match, by the way. I did notice, you know, the look on your face was a mix of shock 
disappointment and anger. The things that you said to me right now, did it take some time for you to come to terms with that? Or did you immediately start thinking that about your reflection on listening to the championship? I mean, have you ever, have, have you ever won something, held something for a, a tremendous amount of time, a record-breaking amount of time, and then had it snatched from you suddenly? I has cannot that, say that. that I cannot say you? that. I, gone through that? I cannot say that I have not to not right. To the a, a long-winded no. The answer is yeah. no. You're giving me a long-winded no. No, you haven't. So no. you know, so trying to get into my psyche and understanding of of, of how I felt and, and what I what I was going through, you're never going to understand it. Um, but the best way I could break it down to you is this. All right, I had a championship match. Okay, and I did not walk out as champion after 1,227 days of walking out as champion against the likes of JTG, against Sue Young, Austin Theory. I've beaten all of these competitors, Dan Moff, O'Reilly Shepard. I can go through the entire list of people that I have turned back. They came to BCW and they left BCW with their uh, suitcases the same amount of weight. No extra luggage, no extra championship, going, no, no title to show their kids, no title to show their significant other. They came back home with their pay, and that was it. That's what I did. And Marina, again, had a moment, okay? Uh, she had a place in time that she was able to capitalize on because she's skilled enough to do that. But the thing about moments like that is they come once. They come one time. She will never be able to ensnare me again. She will never be able to snag me again. And that is what was going through my head. At, when that bell rang, I wasn't just thinking about the present. I think about the future. I'm thinking about how I'm going to get this championship back, what I'm going to do. All of this racing through my mind while I'm laying on the mat. So, of course, it, it's, it's, the answers develop. Of course, you gain perspective in time. Uh, I knew, I knew the moment that that title was taken from me, that all energies and focus were to be put towards getting it back. Thinking about what I just experienced, what it took for her to beat me. Because, yes, we're talking about her title win, but we have never seen Marina Shafir in that condition after a wrestling match. Nobody did to her what I did to her mentally, physically, emotionally. You could see it on her face. She was on the verge of tears. This powerful woman, this mother, this TV superstar in front of your eyes, tear ducts opening up as the referee is handing her my championship. I saw this. I watched it happen live. I was there. I was closer to it than anyone. So no, you can't understand where I was mentally. And it's not your place to. But this is the answer that I'm going to give you. Okay? I realized the moment that it was taken from me that I had to get it back. Hmm. I'm not going to wallow in despair. I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and pout about it. I know what I need to do. I've lost a championship before. But I win it back like nobody else. That's what I do. You take it from me, I hunt you, I get it back. And people have been asking me, Darius, no, 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 no. And people ask me, Darius, you know, we expected you to to, to jump right for Marina and, and go right for her and get your title back immediately. You don't want her to have that for a single day. That is not true. I wanted her to celebrate it. I wanted her to parade it. People like Natalia posting, congratulations heart emojis, loving each other, celebrating each other, something that was taken from me. 
That celebration, I want when I take it back. I deserve when I take it back to be the first ever two-time BCW mm. World Heavyweight Champion. That is true. There has never been a two-timer here at BCW. Darius, I have to ask this, man. Does this does this make you more dangerous in a way? Because I, I feel like I, even after the – when you spoke to Michael J. Putty from Shot of Wrestling after – the match, you know, there, there was there's something different to you. There was something that I personally haven't seen from you. I mean, you've always been a dangerous man, but you know, there was a certain hit in your eye that was just like it just hit different this time. You know, especially now you have a matchup coming up at PCW Anniversary Five with the Rev Ron Hunt. You know, what can he expect going into that match, man? Like it, it does seem like you know, we have a very pissed off Darius Carter. I mean, you've got to think about this, okay? And I'm, and I'm showing it well because I'm a professional. I'm, I'm displaying myself in the most cordial fashion. But make no mistake, I'm, I'm not happy with what happened. I'm, I'm <laughs> a bit disgusted with the way that it's been advertised. I'm a little, a little irritated in the way that it's been promoted. I'm, I'm frustrated that my face isn't on the BCW poster after carrying this brand before the pa- pandemic, during the pandemic. I I kept this place on the map after putting it there. Other champions that couldn't carry the weight, other champions that fell under pressure, I held through when I faced the the most pressure of any champion in history. No champion had to go through a pandemic. No champion had to experience the challenges that I did. And I persevered with a smile on my face. And to have that ripped away from me and everyone to celebrate Marina, everyone to, to make it look like she's this big hero and this big star, like she's the one. She's the one that we should be paying attention to. That's how quickly, that's how quickly everything was taken from me. That's how quickly it, the rug was swept from my feet after building the house, keeping the bricks up, keeping the pillars standing. Next thing you know, the anniversary show, and I'm not on the poster. I mean, the there fifth is a new anniversary show, you wouldn't have seen the fourth anniversary. You wouldn't have seen the third anniversary, both of which I was main eventing, by the way. Facts. I kept this show afloat. I kept BCW together. And you can't put me on the poster. You can't advertise me equally. All I see is Marina Shafir. All I see is Marina Shafir. Is BCW now trying to ride her coattails? Is BCW try attaching themselves to her, thinking that she's some type of rocket ship that's going to take off? I've always been the present, and I've always been the future, and it's disrespectful for me to get anything less than top billing from the promotion that I have put on my back. But Ron Hunt, okay, Reverend Ron Hunt, listen, I'm I'm under, I'm aware of this man's ability. I'm aware of of his skill. This man would not be uh, associated in any way with Shane Taylor Promotions if he wasn't uh, a force to be reckoned with. If he wasn't a, a man of of success, I understand that. I've seen the future of Honor. I've seen his work. I'm familiar with him, and I know he may think that I'm looking past him. I'm sure that's how he's feeling. I've, I've listened to him speak and talk, and, and thinking that. This can be something between him and I. Oh, maybe maybe we'll wrestle and then we'll wrestle again. Maybe we'll keep going. He, he's trying to uh, put himself I- into my picture. He's trying to involve himself in my story. This is not about him. This is not about the, the Shane Taylor promotions. This is not about 
uh, Reverend Ron Hunt in his BCW debut in any of the Twitter spaces that he likes to host. This isn't about any of that. This isn't about any of this talking and, and, and promo versus promo. I know that's what he wants and that's what he's expecting. And this is going to be my first match since having my title taken from me. My first match in BCW in three years where I was not the world heavyweight champion. That feels weird. How do you think I feel? How focused do you think I am? You think I'm here to, I'm not here to play games and to go barb for barb with this guy and to make him think that he's on equal footing with me. He's debuting at a promotion I've built. He's walking in because I've opened the door. I'm the reason the door is there. He thinks this is going to be some program. We're going to keep going. Come on. This isn't about you. Your purpose, your purpose is to be a vessel of my vengeance. Marina's going to watch this match. You know she's going to watch it. And she's probably going to watch it next to Roddy. And I want the whole family to see what I am going to do, what I'm willing to do to get my championship back. Maybe you're so used to seeing me defend the title that you've forgotten what I'm willing to do to get one. Maybe you're forgetting what Darius Carter is willing to execute to regain his rightful place so that I do get those posters without ever having to to question or ask. Maybe that's what it is. I have to be a champion to get my respect at all times in BCW. Is that what it is? Then I will be champion again, and I will beat my previous record of 1,227 days. Damn. Damn, I, I, uh, again, as I said before, leading up to the question here, this is, I feel like, a different version of you I personally haven't seen before. Because, you know, I, I am... I am newer to BCW uh, than some other people. And like the time I've been there, you've pretty much always been champion. I, I've never seen you on the hunt, as you mentioned before. You know, dude, I personally know what it's like to be in the hands of the wrong side of Darius Carter. I can't imagine what it's like now. Uh, so Ron Hunt, I prayers up for that, man. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing he's a reverend, right? He better, he better really be a reverend, and he better really be subscribed to a church, and he better really pray on his knees on his Sundays, clasp, clasp those hands together, and he better look to the sky, look out that window, and he better look up to him. And he better hope that he's going to be there to safeguard him or at least attempt to because there is nothing that can save Ron from what's going to happen to him. He's in a bad place and at the bad, the bad, bad time. It's just the wrong time for him. I'm not the one he wanted to face. I know that he's expecting this to be a dream match, and he's talking about respect Again, he's thinking that this is about him. He's thinking that this is about us. It's bigger than us. It's about we. It's about myself and that BCW World Heavyweight Championship. I know how this goes. You lose a championship and everyone wants you to slip back. You want Reverend Ron Hunt to beat me, right? And then, oh, maybe the prospect of Ron Hunt and Marina Shafir, or maybe it's a triple threat. Maybe, no, stop it, stop it, stop it. The road is clear. The path is set. 
Marina's going to go on and defend against Casey Catal. And with respect to Casey Catal, I fully expect Marina to walk out as champion. But I am most certainly going to not just beat, but obliterate Ron Hunt to make that message known, to make it realized that I'm not the guy that you want to wrestle and then wrestle again and again and again. I take years off of your career. I humble you. I make you look in the mirror differently. The way that you look in the mirror that morning when you wake up to face me and the way that you look in the mirror when you go to bed that same night, it is two different things. You don't feel the same. I take something from you when I beat you and I collect it because that's what I deserve. I collect upon these people, my victories, and it all makes me better, makes me stronger, makes me more experienced. That's what this is. This is reality. And reality works in my favor because I am a successful man. I am dedicated to success. I am committed to victory in every walk of life. Marina Shafir walking out as champion only made me better. She would have been better off if I won. BCW would have been better off if I won. Ron Hunt would have been better off if I won. This Darius Carter, the most dangerous man on earth, this Darius Carter, it's not about being different. It's not about, you know, oh, I, you know, I see something in you. It, it, it's, it's always been there. This is just a situation where you're forced to witness it. Reverend Ron, put them together. Put them together and don't let them go. <laughs> well, I am afraid for Ron Hunt. But with that being said, Darius Carter, thank you for joining the show. Thank you for joining Shot of Wrestling. Dude, I am personally looking forward to this. I, I Or should I not look forward to this? I, I, I don't know how to feel about it right now. I feel like uh, I might want to turn away during this match. But need to say it's going to be violent. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be crazy. July 30th, ladies and gentlemen, BCW Anniversary 5, Darius Carter versus the Rev Ron Hunt. And keep in mind, he's going to be in the building for that main event between Marina Shafir and Casey Cattell. Uh, get your tickets right now. In the meantime, back to you, buddy, for TV Takedown. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. You know, they say there aren't too many dream matches left. But Darius Carter versus Reverend Ron Hunt is a textbook definition of dream match. Looking forward to that. BCW Anniversary 5 next weekend, July 30th, Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. A couple of tickets are still available. Make sure you want to be there. Show you don't want to miss. Support Darius Carter. That's my man. When I went to BCW shows, I gravitated towards the man. Because he's bald. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Well, you know... Great show. BCW puts on a great show. I, I definitely recommend it to everybody who is in the local New Jersey area. So just do it. Support your indie wrestlers. Let's move on to some TV this week. Vacant, you have any TV takedown for me? I have a serious problem with the AEW main event. Barbed wire everywhere? Right. I understand that AEW wants to uh, showcase a little bit of violence. But when you have Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho botching a spot, Mm-hmm. And then I think it was supposed to be like Eddie was supposed to like throw Jericho onto Eddie Kingston, uh, onto uh, Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. But that didn't quite work out. 
So yeah, Jericho right. just punched Sammy. Why? It doesn't make any sense optically when you're watching a match. Like, why would he do that? I, I understand that they want to continue with the bit, but it's not going to work. You know it's not going to work, but you did it anyway. Why? I'm disappointed with a guy like a veteran like Jericho doing that. And I feel like that's happening a little too often in AEW. Botches? Yes. Okay. Not only botches, but just like botch spots. Mm. Where you know that something is going to happen, like like you plan for something to happen, but then when you mess it up, you try to like fix it, and it just doesn't look good when you try to fix it. So Jericho Eddie Kingston, originally is a feud I was excited about. Right. Love both his guys. They had a great sparring on the mics. Mm-hmm. That led to the, their having teams, and instead of the stadium stampede, they had that uh, anarchy in the arena match. Mm-hmm. Bloodfest. So that's a pretty huge fucking rivalry ending match. But then that led to Blood and Guts, mm-hmm. which is a rivalry ending match. Mm-hmm. Then that led us to, for the first ever, barbed wire everywhere, even on the microphone. Even on the <laughs> microphone. Yeah. Okay, so this ends the feud. Because mm-hmm. the Jericho Appreciation Society is in our chart cage. No outside interference. This is going to end the feud. We're done. Yet, we're not done. Because the Jericho Appreciation Society gets involved, and now Tay Conti gets involved, but then Adam J now is somehow involved, but then Eddie Kingston's boys come out to balance it out, and then, like you said, Sammy Guevara comes out, and Jericho wins this. Mm. This should have been a match Eddie, Eddie Kingston wins to blow off the feud, but now are we going to get another fucking match? Is this feud going to continue? I hope not. <laughs> But I feel like it is. Last time you were on the show, you kept mentioning repeatedly throughout the fucking show, long-term storytelling. Right. Now, is this going to get, is this a form of long-term storytelling or is this too long? No, this is, this is an example of too long storytelling. If it was just match, 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 multi-man match, multi-man match, okay. But you're using three now huge gimmick matches that two of them have blown off feuds. Mm-hmm. It just seems now this is going to see again. Like, what next? What what could possibly be the fourth match of this? I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. Because it, it, it feels like... cut you off real quick, yeah. but Jericho, Eddie Kingston, before the these gimmick matches, wasn't them one-on-one on a pay-per-view? Yeah, it was one-on-one. Yeah, so, like, what's Kingston next? Kingston wins, right? And that I, I feel like that should have been, like, the end of it. Yeah. You know, like, blow off, and Jericho does something, and so does Kingston. And, but you know they're going to have mutual respect for each other, blah, blah, blah. But no, they just needed something for Eddie Kingston and Jericho to do. So you now have this gang war, if you want to call it that. And it's all Jericho's appreciation society going on top. Yeah, He wins this match in the shark cage, which it's all about shark week. That's why they were in a shark cage. But I don't, I don't see where they can go with this further. Are they going to have another match? You know, at uh, all, all out, right? or I think they're gonna have another special event, whatever. But I, I don't, I just don't see it. I don't think there's a purpose to it. And to me, this kind of hurts Eddie Kingston a little bit. I think so too, because now you see, it, it, hey, I, Eddie Kingston's character is just that guy who has gripes with everybody, has a problem with everybody. But again, he didn't lose fair and square though. But now it's like, oh, I'm gonna have another match with you. Why? You know that he bested you a couple of times now. Yeah. You bested him that one time in that one pay-per-view. The first one. You know, I don't see a purpose to it. No, I don't see either. That's my biggest gripe this week. 
That, like, that was my major gripe this week. There was no point in that match if Eddie Kingston loses. Had he won that match, I would have been like, oh, this is great, justice. As a fan, you want to see kind of like a yeah, good of course. guy win. Yeah, you thought he was going to win. You know, but... Especially with him suspended. Especially with him in the shark cage. You're like, right. You know, you, it, which it, meant nothing. Which meant nothing. Again, the shark cage was only to promote Shark Week on the Discovery uh, app or channel, whatever the hell they're doing now. This week featuring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> right. Another weird thing, right? And the practical joker somehow. <laughs> right. I mean, we've been having our own Shark Week in New York, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, but I again, I don't, I don't see the point. Had he won, I'd be like, fine, this is great. Eddie Kingston has his day. But I was checking out Twitter too, like cause I'm like, all right, so now we're getting another match. I thought it was a clusterfuck, too many interferences. Yeah. Very sloppy, very messy. This was not a good match. I expected people to love this match. Mm-hmm. You got mixed reviews, but a lot of people are saying that this is a shitty way to end this feud. Right. I don't think this feud's ended. Is this feud ended? I don't. I don't get the vibe that this so. feud is ended. They're going to drag it out a bit. I think this. They're going to drag it out a bit. Yeah, and I think, I think by more. them dragging it out, it's too much. Because this is the next one, double or nothing, all out, all in, all or, out, yeah, all out. Isn't that one of the big pay per views? Yeah. So this might be the blow off to this match again in Chicago. So <sighs> yeah, that was one of the things. Like, oh, I mean, magic, great performances, both of them. Both of them put on a hell of a show. Played yeah. with the barbed wire. Those. I mean, as long as it wasn't like the exploding barbed wire, yeah. whatever the match that was last year. Both these men put on a good show. It was just the clusterfuck with the interferences. It was like, okay, I think that hurt the match. No, yeah. That, that was my biggest, my biggest gripe. Like, it, the, that, that little botch, not, I want, I'm not calling it botch, but like, miss spot. Yeah. That was, it was just poorly executed. So Sam, is Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti not a part of the Jericho Appreciation Society? I think they are. Because they weren't in the shark cage. Well, they're, I think they're like friends, but associates, not so, like of, associates, but not really like aligned. Random, yeah. Now, what's, what is Jay and a Jay involved in this? With uh, do you need another hot face to be aligned with Ty Conti? So many questions. I love you, Anna Jay. One of the hottest storylines I've been following with AW, if you've been paying attention the last couple of weeks, my man Christian Cage, mm-hmm. fucking killing it. The best thing on AW, I'm saying. Now he's converted Luchasaurus, brainwashed him. So they do a tag team match. They win. I just love the fact that it's subtle that Christian Cage jumps on the ropes and tells Luchasaurus to come and put him on his shoulders. Because that's what he did with Jungle Boy. Right. Now Christian's replacing Jungle Boy. So of course, yeah. Carry him on the shoulders like he used to. The way he's just controlling Luchasaurus has been fucking amazing. Just gives such, such credibility to Christian Cage as a heel. Mm-hmm. But then Jungle Boy comes and Luchasaurus just steps aside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's no. Like, so whatever Christian Cage was doing with Luchasaurus is now gone? There was no point. What was it? <laughs> like, there's no story here. Yeah. Or it could be like, was Luchasaurus just fucking around with Christian Cage? Because if he was, I feel like he would have been to backstabbed him. But this just seems like, oh, Jungle Boy's back. Okay. It was slightly disappointing. It would to put such a hot storyline. No, the easy answer is he was fucking with him, right? That's the easy answer. But like, what the hell were the last three weeks for? Exactly. So like three or four weeks, whatever the hell it was. Like, it makes no sense. None. Killer promos though by Christian. But on top of that, I I don't that whole Luchasaurus thing. It 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 goes out the window. It's garbage. Because he was such a cool heel now, powerful, dominant force, monster. Yeah. And now it's for naught. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but that, that match is probably going to be blah. 
<laughs> at this Probably. point. So, at All Out or wherever the hell is gonna, that match is going to take place. I had forgotten about that until you mentioned it now. Because I thought it was just BS. Yeah. There was no growth. The storyline just stalled a bit there. And it just, where do you go from there? So is is this? Thought, again, the, th- the storyline was great. I didn't think it was stalled. I thought it was going, progressing nicely. But if Luchasaurus would have done something, it would have made sense. But the fact that he just oh okay, <sighs> disappointing. My friend's back. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get it. You know. So the Miz turned on Logan Paul. At Great WrestleMania. WrestleMania moment. Yes. And for what was reported is because Logan Paul wanted to be a face, right? And what better way to be a face by having one of the best heels in the business turn on you? Logan Paul comes out on Raw. And uh, I don't think the crowd is buying into this. <laughs> no. I didn't think it would have worked three months ago. And it's not working now. I just can't imagine anyone thinking that move would make the crowd cheer for Logan Paul. I mean, Paul did a great job with delivery. I think he did got good on the mic. It's just the crowd reaction except for the whole tiny balls thing, wasn't, I don't think, what they wanted here. Mm. Now, do we continue down this treacherous road? Or do we turn Logan Paul to probably one of the most villainous, evil characters in WWE history? He's committed now. To be a face, right? To be a face. Because yeah. you still got to deliver a match, right? Kind of want to see Logan Paul kick the Miz's ass. Beyond that, you need to fix the problem. We all hate Logan Paul. And at sometimes, if... People need to embrace the hate. And when you embrace the hate, you feel better. True. So you can deliver better. You can perform better. Good promos. So I feel like you can fix the Logan Paul problem after that match. At this point, you kind of need to deliver what you need to deliver. And that's fine. It's 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 a mistake. But at the end of the day, you got to deliver something that you promised the fans. But after SummerSlam, you can do something. You can do another program of him where... And I hope they don't do this because WWE kind of tends to lean on this a few times you don't want like logan paul leaning on the miz as a heel you want logan paul alone special attraction yeah you know you know survivor series coming up the clash of the the clash in wales is coming up whatever it's called that paper clash of the castle clash of the castle yes so you could do something with him there um you could do something with him leading to some uh survivor series so but if you need to listen to your crowd at this point in time he is a heel like yeah. JR says, if they boo you, you're heel. Yeah. Even if you're a baby face on paper. The crowd loves hating The Miz. Yeah. He's a hateable character. That's mm-hmm. why I love him so much. So putting him against The Miz on paper makes fucking sense. Mm-hmm. People hate The Miz. If you hate The Miz, we're going to cheer you. Except for the fact that it's fucking Logan Paul. Right. One of the most hateable characters in sports. So He's a bigger heel in real life than Miz is yeah. in wrestling. So we'll see what yeah. happens with this. I think it's that time to wrap things up to some go-home thoughts. Speaking of go-home, this is the go-home show to SummerSlam. Let's go over the card real quick, please. We have Bianca Belair going against Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. Who do you think wins that match? I think Bianca Belair needs to win Belair that match. wins that match. Riddle against Seth freaking Rollins. <sighs> That's tough. Fun fact, before you announce your decision, Seth Rollins has wrestled in every pay-per-view or premium live event now that they're called mm-hmm. this year has lost every match hmm. so I think he could use a meaningful win here a better would say he'd win Liv Morgan against Ronda Rousey 
This is a toss-up. I say Liv. I thought Ronda Rouse was going to easily win this one, but now we see Liv Morgan got her side plates. Yeah. Finally, is it believable for her to win against Rousey? That's a tough question. Yeah, make it believable. Yeah, Usos against the Prophets. Usos take that. Lashley Theory. Lashley. McAfee Corbin. Damn. And that has been the most entertaining promo of all time. Oh hell yeah! And I, and, and I think the uh, at least for this SummerSlam. I think if Happy Corbin loses here, it derails everything. Yeah. I think if Pat McAfee win here, doesn't do Where's the payoff? Doesn't do anything for Pat McAfee. Yeah. Paul versus Miz. Paul, right? Uh, I think Paul has to win here. Paul wins is too easy. I want Miz to win. We all want Miz to win. That's the problem I missed earlier. Yeah. Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar? I'm sorry. Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns. Reigns wins it, but he's going to be weakened. Does Derek cash in? It'll fail. Okay. Not what I asked, but I see what you're saying. Does Theory cash in here and fail? Or does Theory not cash in? Or attempt to cash in and... I think the... the, the, the I think he can't cash in here. No, I think what they're putting out there, at, at least with commentary, is that he's going to cash in. Yeah, of course. And they're doing it too. It makes sense. But I feel like he might attempt to cash in. But not officially. But not give it to the referee. July 30th, your birthday party. Yes. Which I cannot attend because I'll be at BCW's fifth anniversary. We have the Rev Ron Hunt going against Darius Carter. We heard about it earlier with the interview with Darius Carter. I'm a Darius Carter fan. I hope he is victorious that night. Vanity is trying to win her way back to the championship picture. She'll take on Luscious Latasha and Demarius Dawkins in a triple threat match. Another tough one. Anthony Gangone mm-hmm. takes on Rick Recon with some guy in his corner. I'm an Anthony Gangone fan as a douche. Yeah. So I hope Gangone wins this one. Either way, it's going to be a match of the night. Yes. Rick Recon, I could watch wrestle for days. So despite the guy in his corner, who shall remain nameless? Yes. Jordan Blake goes against Christina Marie. Christina Marie, originally seen on AEW. Yeah, yeah. Our guest tonight, Marina Shafir, going against Casey Cattall for the BCW World Heavyweight Championship. I don't know what you need. Limited tickets are still available as of Friday. Go support Marina Shafir. July 22nd. Check out BCW social medias for tickets. If they're still available, you might be too late. If not, I think they're available on Fight TV. Look for scalpers. BCW, I'll be there. You won't be there. Hope you have fun you celebrating your birthday. I, you'll be there in spirit, my friend. Oh, so only reason I'm not there. Yeah, we'll live stream the hibachi for you, please. <laughs> oh, hopefully, the guy has the the huge the flaming onion. Your boy Todd Scott. So, something. Say, I hope so. Something. But, something's gonna happen. But give him a five dollar tip. Make sure he misses the mouth and hits him on the forehead so he gets like, a hard <laughs> mark on his face. I'll try. I'll try. So, Vicky, thank you for being here, man. The summer vacation continues. This is our, I guess, officially, this is going to be our last podcast in the McMahon era. Mm-hmm. Now we're embarking on the McMahon-Con era? It's weird. It's really weird. So hopefully... McCon era? Everybody's been wanting this. We'll see what happens. We'll grow to accept it like a very nasty cough medicine. Yeah. It tastes like shit, but it'll make us feel better. We'll see where it goes, man. I mean, right now we just got to give it a chance. Right now we just got to get through the shock. 
and shots. You want shots? No, shot. You want shots? I said shots. Are we doing shots? I'll do shots after. Okay. But we gotta get through the shock, and then we gotta get through the shots once we go off air. And I still see you, Green Man. I'm still waiting. I talked to Green Man about your challenge, and he ignored me. He just laughed you off. He laughed me off. Yeah. Oh. He just laughed in my face, which I kind of mean in turn he's laughing in your face. Green Man, I've been here on this planet less time than you, and I know more about wrestling than you do. If you want to prove me wrong, accept my challenge. Hopefully before Labor Day. Vacant, where can people find you on social medias? At WWE Vacant at all platforms. IG, Twitter, Facebook. If you want to ask me a question, you go ahead. If you want to message me, go ahead. I'm open to any and all fans. Jimmy J is hosting the SummerSlam watch party at Hooters in Edison, New Jersey. So make sure you're part of the party there. Oh, yeah. Let's wrap things up here. Thank you to Vacant for filling in. The summer Vacant continues. Thank you to Marina Shafir, the current reigning defending BCW World Heavyweight Champion. Thank you. Right there. To Darius Carter. My boy. The longest reigning BCW World Heavyweight Champion. The man. I have been your host, Out Machi Putty. Until next time. Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby. But I got you pinned. <laughs> but I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>